Test, 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 one, test. one, two. Can you hear me? One, two. Hey, Confessionistas. Welcome to season three of Salon Confessions podcast, the podcast recorded live in my friend Jen's nail studio while she's giving me a manicure. I'm Harper, co-host of our show. And if you are new to Salon Confessions, we are so glad you're here. Jen and I started this show just over two years ago, and what started as a fun experiment has grown into so much more. Our show is a special place where Jen and I share confessions about life that we don't always feel comfortable opening up about in the regular world. We talk about everything from getting boudoir photos taken, to getting my first Hollywood wax, to trying cannabis for the first time, and then going to a clothing optional spa. We talk about hemorrhoids and colonoscopies and how we really feel about our weight. We talk about relationships, like breaking up with friends and making new friends in midlife, dating our spouses, and setting healthy boundaries as best we can. What we never do is pretend we're experts or have the perfect answer. We are simply two women with lots of life experience, a ton of curiosity, and a lot of stories that make us laugh. Jen's Nail Studio is a private salon suite, so in each episode, we draw the curtain, lock the door, and spill the real truth about everything. It really does feel like a confessional in there, or maybe a bit like therapy. We coined the term therapatized to explain how our time in the confessional feels. It's not truly therapy, but it is absolutely therapeutic. And really, isn't that why the places we go to for beauty and aesthetic care are so special and sacred to us? We gift ourselves an hour or two to be touched with kindness, to share about topics that might feel embarrassing or silly, and we leave feeling refreshed, relieved, and beautiful. When I was younger, I really felt like salon services were frivolous and shallow. But what I realized is that time in a spa or salon is self-care, self-love, and now it's a vital part of my mental and physical well-being. As we kick off season three, we're starting with our 2024 words of the year. Jen and I rebuke resolutions, but have each been choosing a theme word for the year for many years. Choosing a theme word is a fascinating journey, and each year we learn a bit more about ourselves by living with intention and reflection centered on this single word. In years past, I've chosen words like abundance, legacy, adventure, and health. Each word has taught me more about my values and priorities, sometimes because of what didn't fit. And that's why we love this practice. It's about building a deeper understanding of ourselves, not simply wishing and hoping for new year, new me. So in this episode, we reflect on our 2023 words of the year and what we learned and share our 2024 words of the year and our intentions and thought process for choosing it. Are you a word of the year person? Sure, it's already February, but it's not too late to choose one. I also think February is a great time to remember all those intentions and hopes we had as we turned the page on a new year just a few short weeks ago. If you have a word of the year, please share it. Find us on the socials at Salon Confessions Podcast or email us your word of the year story at Podcast at gmail.com. A quick note, especially for our new listeners. Keep in mind that Jen is actually giving me a manicure while we record, and you will hear some violin noise in our episodes. If that bothers you, go ahead and fast forward this episode to minute seven. You'll miss the confession of the week, but don't worry, you'll catch up quick on our topic of the day. And now, we hope you enjoy our season three premiere. We call it Fast and Consistent, Growing a Pretty Orchard in 2024. Welcome back to the confessional. Happy 2024. Uh, It is not freshly 2024, but it is still fresh into 2024. It's still January. Yes. (laughs) And so today we're going to join everybody else in the world who's talking about how do we start the new year off strong and right, because I think we sort of are anti trying to New Get year, it right. new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Total bullshit. But, but we do have some very specific thoughts about New Year things. I'm Harper. This is Jen. We are in the nail studio. Jen is doing my nails. She is getting me filed. We've got the polish off. Her new polish approach that she's been using for the last year <laughs> means it takes twice as long to get the polish off these days. Doesn't want to budge. Even Which though it's great. been three weeks since I've been here. 
I'm patting myself on the back and like grrr all at the same time. Yeah. Because I love that people can go three and four weeks, but it is literally a bitch to get off. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I know. And it doesn't budge. Like I could have gone another week. But they would have looked like hell. And then, well, maybe not hell, but they would have started showing there. In my Where? world, they would have looked like hell. Yeah. So do you have a confession? If not, I do. I don't. Okay, so you go. So for our listening audience, um, Harper held up to her promise to help me with consignment shopping. Resale. Consignment is a specific way that they take in business, meaning you actually end up paying the person who brought it in. Okay. In resale, they pay the person that brought it in. You pay them. Oh, Oh, so, see, I just learned something new. Yes. So resale is, it's already the store's property. Okay. Consignment is, it's not the store's property. So consignment, you take your stuff in, you, they look at it, mm-hmm. they tell you whether they're going to take it or not, right. then it goes out on the floor. If it sells, you get a percentage of what it sells mm-hmm. for. If it doesn't sell, you have to come back and pick it up or they donate it for you. Yes. Resale, is, where we went today, if you bring stuff in, they will buy it. They put it on their shelves, and it's mm-hmm. theirs. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I never realized that there was a difference yeah. between the two. Okay. I digress. So we went to the resale store, mm-hmm. and I left with, well, back up. In the store, I really got a different view of myself. <laughs> I am fully into my winter body. <laughs> AKA, I don't give a shit. I'm not following any program. I'm not eating horribly, but I'm just not, I'm, I'm kind of over diet culture. So, but I'm fine. I've been very comfortable. I know I've gained weight. The sh- I get on the scale every so often. It tells me, bitch, you have gained weight. Um, a, fair, a fair amount, probably like 15, 16 pounds. But I don't notice it in my day-to-day winter clothes life. <laughs> well, we were searching for clothes for an upcoming trip which will take me to a hot climate so it was more summer clothes and just different clothes than what I'm wearing and those mirrors let me know yes I have definitely gained 16 pounds and the mirrors at that store in particular are not forgiving I I think my mirrors at home are going to tell me the exact same thing I I am thicker than a snicker right now I'm thick I think you look great. Thank you. I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, I am, I was in the mirror like, damn, you are thick. I am <laughs> thick, thick, thick. It's fine. I'm not, I don't care. I'm not complaining. It was just. But it is that, oh, I, my body is different yes, than it was. It was just an eye-opening yeah. experience. And I appreciate you, by the way, because I left there with, what, eight, nine, ten, like 12 items mm-hmm. for a hundred and not even eighty dollars. Yeah, twelve items less than one hundred eighty dollars. Yeah, pants, that is, tops, shoes. Yeah, two pairs of shoes. Yeah, Steve Madden and Sorrells. Yes. Not not just like yeah. any shoes. Yeah, nice shoes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it's so fun to introduce people to that way of shopping. I remember the first time I really got it. And I was like, wait a second, this is a total game changer. But it is about being really intentional about what you're looking for and what you know will work on your body, what you already have. That's when I feel like I really found success. So I thought you did great. You look found some really cool stuff. And I have been to the exact store before, as I talked about. I got the Hey Dudes, love them. But I've not loved other things that I have purchased, um, so I can maybe only do it with you. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be sick. Well, I found one item. Yeah, was your first you one. Got there. Yeah, I think if we did it, which was actually just really fun. So I'd and it was quick. We yeah. were in and out of there in it's how much? Less time? than an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm set. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, back to the topic at hand. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are listening and wondering why that tracks back, uh, listen to our um, fashion episode from season two, and uh, you'll hear about our escapades around how do we find our fashion. But it was fun to reconvene on that. 
So it's now 2024. It's a brand new year. And Jen and I both have been, we don't do resolutions. Have you ever done a resolution? I probably have. I know I have. And the shit failed. Failed miserably. And it's been, I haven't done a resolution in years. Right. But many moons ago, I would, oh, new year, new me. Blah, 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 blah. Right. I, I just feel like you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. Because then as soon as you don't stick to whatever your resolution is, then you're, you know, you feel defeated. Yeah. I don't know. Which I guess kind of led to the word I chose for this year. So for how many, you, we, we both do um, like a word of the year or yes. something we're focused on. And how many years do you think you've been doing that? Um, I probably started doing that, gosh, maybe even 10 years ago. Between eight and 10 years ago. It's funny. I want to say mine's probably about the same, but oddly, I can't remember a ton of them. <laughs> so I want to say like four years ago, I I chose abundance. Uh-huh. And I meant like abundance of everything. I want an mm-hmm. abundance of money. I want an abundance of love. I want an abundance mm-hmm. of business. Just abundance. And it was a stellar year. Yeah. And I actually, it was such a stellar year, I kept the same exact word mm-hmm. going into the next year. Again, stellar year. Last year, I don't know what my word was, so I'm going to say it wasn't stellar. At least from the <laughs> from the word perspective, I, I have no clue. I always pick a word. But that's kind of what led me to my word for this year. And my word for this year is consistency. I think I start a lot of things and not making a conscious decision to stop them, but life shifts or changes and I get out of a habit or out of a routine and it just stops. For example, I did a journal, I think it was 2021, steadily through August. And I I have no idea, but I have nothing after August. So I don't know what shifted, what changed, what made me stop. So my goal for this year is to be consistent. I've started a morning routine that I intend to be consistent even with travel. Um, Just consistency. Yeah. And what I like about word of the year is it has a space to create meaning and keep me focused on recentering and regrounding. So I don't feel shame around, oh, I didn't do the thing because it's a theme. It's not a plan. I can create a plan that aligns to that theme. Like I had abundance one year as well. Same thing, you know, abundant love, abundant money, abundance, just an abundant life. It was a mindset and our mind drives our behaviors. So having a mindset around what is most important to me consistency, abundance. Um, My word two years ago was legacy. And that was really hard because I didn't know what that meant in terms of was I trying to plan my legacy? Was I planting seeds for my legacy? Did I just want to stay present to the idea of having a legacy? I don't feel like I accomplished necessarily anything legacy worthy in that particular year. But at the same time, I don't think it was a bad word to choose. Like I still go back to that and think about, you know, legacy. What does that mean to me even today? Right? So it's how do we define ourselves with our values? Last year was interesting because I had a lot of energy starting the year around the word clean. And I'm not a super tidy person, although I'm a lot tidier than I used to be. But my husband would prefer to live in a museum. And I could not. Like, I see empty countertops and it stresses me out. He sees empty countertops and he breathes deep sighs of relief. And I can't tell you why it stresses me out to see an empty countertop, but it literally does. Like, I'm not even, I'm, I feel tension in my chest if the counter is empty. Do you consider yourself a hoarder? No. Okay. No, not so at all. The reason I'm asking is that my dad built shelves. Have we ever talked about this? I don't think so. My dad built shelves in our garage, like way up high, you know, around the top perimeter kind of shelves. And every time he would come over, he'd go, you have all that space. You have all that space. And I'm like, yeah, it's there when I need it. Yeah. Figured out it was stressing him out that I didn't pack it. He's a hoarder. Um, my husband's not a hoarder. I'm, I'm going to be kind. He's a collector. He likes stuff. Okay. And there's some sense of 
comfort yes. and having things. Right. So we, my dad and I built some shelves inside the house and my husband started to do the same damn thing. Well, what are we going to put on those shelves? What are, what are we going to mm-hmm. put on those shelves? He packs every area. Any space that's available, there has to be something on it. Mm-hmm. I went and took empty bins and put them on the shelves and they were not see-through. He never asked again. Mm-hmm. It just could not be empty space. It bothered mm-hmm. him. I was like, oh my God. So I feel like that's a tendency of people who hold on to excess. Yeah, I would say that's definitely true. I am not a hoarder. But but I feel like the kitchen is kind of a different space than other yeah. areas of the house too. So Yeah, there's something about, I think it has something to do with feeling lonely or alone. Like I'm so extroverted, socially motivated that a thing on a counter means life is happening. That's truly the association that I make. Oh, you know, I we I used that pan to make our dinner last night and now it's clean and it's sitting on the counter and I have to put it away. But I think it also has to do with probably some associations with my now self-diagnosed ADHD of I'm I've never had a habit of putting things away and that always feels like a lot of work. Like I'm willing to clean things, I'm willing to do, you know, I like things to be clean, but if it's not put away, I really don't care. As long as it's clean. Anyway, I was feeling like, okay, I can do some personal transformation and see what it looks like for me to own and interpret this word clean and what does it really mean to me. And I came to some sort of interesting conclusions. I actually forgot what my word was halfway through the year and forgot that I had a word of the year and had to go back to my notes when I remembered, like, what was my word of the year last year or in 2023? And I did find that I was more thoughtful about let me put things away. And I did it intentionally, like mostly for my husband's sanity, because I knew he would appreciate it. But I would call it like, I'm going to disappear some things. And so I found myself being much more intentional about let me make sure that happens. I got our cleaner to start coming every two weeks instead of like just whenever we called her, which usually was every four or five weeks. And that made us both happier. And You have a flexible cleaner. Yeah. Hmm. We have a great cleaner. Most people I know, like you have to be locked into a biweekly schedule or they won't even take you. Yeah. So busy. Yeah. She's independent and yeah, it works out really well. So uh, I think she was obviously happy that we upped our... Well, and even that she had the availability. I feel like most people are just booked, booked, booked. Yeah. And she has another client in our development. So that worked out really well because he does every two weeks. So she does this on the same day. So, so yeah, so it worked out really well. And I did some organizational things that were pretty meaningful, like with intention. I reorganized my office when I was laid off from my job. That was a really good time to completely pull apart my office and redo it and rethink about it. So it did, it was always really gratifying when I was cleaning to go like, yeah, I'm living into this value. I'm living into this. But I think it also had a lot to do with my mindset in general of clearing the mental slate because I was so burned out. I was so tired. I was so just not in sync, I think, with myself and who I wanted to be. And so the the last half of the year, when I had time and the ability to be creative, I was really sort of doing a really good scrub job on my brain, it feels like, because I feel truly refreshed. I feel like I have mental energy and that I care about things in a different way. And so I think it came to mean more than just being tidy, which I don't, I will never be a tidy person, but I am tidier than I used to be. And I also was able to have a lot of conversations with Hudson about this is what success looks like to me. And this is what success looks like to you. And those things are different. (laughs) And have some of those marital conversations about having your expectation of what clean looks like and my expectation of what clean looks like are very different. So it's not my job to fulfill your expectation. It's our job as partners to align on what our expectations are and then both do our part. Like, I'm not going to make sure the entire house is clean and do all of the work. And this is not what was happening for us at all. But, you know, you have some of those hard conversations, right? Like the things most married couples argue about is like sex, money and cleaning. Those are the... (laughs) 
I've never heard cleaning, but it <laughs> it uh, tracks at my house. Yeah, because nobody is the same, or very few people are the same. Um, but it was really interesting to start communicating and understanding and getting clarity for myself about the fact that, like, I sort of feel most comfortable when things are a little messy. And that's, she's rolling her eyes at me. And that's the exact same look that my husband gave me. And, and I had to be like, I'm rolling your eyes, my eyes at you. I'm rolling my eyes because my husband would say the exact same right. thing. And, and actually, he and it's a real it. thing. He wouldn't say it. I've just figured that out. Right. Like he's much more comfortable yeah. with stuff. And yeah. I'm so therefore I have to get more comfortable with stuff because people who are neat don't ever get the neat that they want. We, right. the neat people, have to give to what will be comfortable with you. And, and I guess you do mate halfway because you probably go from being uber messy to just kind of messy. Is that the halfway? I mean, I it's think never going to be the way how I we define unless... messy is different, right? <laughs> but Hudson has a space in the house that is his museum. So he can go to his museum to decompress if he needs to. Maybe that's the problem. I don't, well, I would say our, like, living room area yeah. is pretty much how I want it. Yeah. And the kitchen is probably how I want it. Okay, okay. I, ha I have some space. If you have your space. And I have my spaces. And I, that is what I did have mm -hmm. to become okay with yeah. was it's not going to be the whole house. Yes. So I did have to meet halfway. And I had to also come to the realization that that's what's comfortable to him. So yeah. it's, I'm kind of rolling my eyes on yeah. at the same time because to hear someone else say it, I yeah. go, oh, that's nice. But if he was to say that, I'd be like, are you nuts? What, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So when I hear... And it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, yeah. it is a weird thing to come to grips with myself around the fact that... And it's funny because I had this conversation with my sister because she was looking at redoing a closet. Are we talking color? Are we pausing on color? Okay. Um, this goes with my word of the year for 2024, which is fast, which I'll talk about. But I think... I really liked that purple on purple glitter situation, sort of disco. So I think I'm going to do the pink on pink. I was debating between the red, red. So it's the second one in on the, nope, next one down. Yeah. Is that bonkers? No. Oh, dark and violet and pretty orchard. Okay. It's not super different from what I just did, no. but I really liked what I just did. And it still matches my toes. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Okay. Yeah. So your sister's organizing. So. My sister um, has this room in her house that I can't remember what the previous owners used it for, but they just have used it as like a storage room off the garage entry. And, you know, things like just kind of it's a storage room. So it fills up with boxes. So they've been looking at building shelving in that room to organize the room so they can make better use of it. And she said, yeah, we were looking at all these plans, but like then the floor is just empty. Like there's just nothing on the floor. And she's like, that's so weird. Like, why would you have a room? That would be glorious. What are you talking about? That is not and weird. As soon as she said that, like it all clicked for me. I was like, I completely understand what you mean and agree. But I also understand that we are weird in our in this way. <laughs> That is not what is considered normal. Now, I think a lot of people are, are the same way, but that is not what is considered normal. It is considered normal to have like a nice, clean, tidy, open space is great. Like that's a positive thing. And for us, it's not. So there's something about how we grew up and, you know, Did, it's OK. That's a question. Did you grow up in a house that was like a museum? Not even close. The opposite of a museum. And so there was a lot of shame around that. But it was very, like, that was what we understood. That's how we understood the world. This is fascinating okay. to me. Because okay. I had kind of come to the conclusion, completely on my own, having nothing to do with therapy or anything yes. else, just my own, was that the reason I like things to be super neat is because I grew up in a cluttery environment. Mm -hmm. And literally, clutter mix is like chaos to me. It, it, oh, it is chaos. It is chaos. And um, so in my household, we came from two extremes. We are we have found kind of a medium and total off topic. But I've also recently discovered. So the house we bought was basically the people didn't live there anymore. So it was just sparsely furnished. Everything was big and open. Like our bedroom is huge. And mm -hmm. they had a bed in there. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Look at these windows and all this space. And then I moved in with a collector and everything just filled up yeah. instantly. Like yeah. before we could even settle, I was like, you know what I think I loved about this house? It was empty. <laughs> but <laughs> I have come to, well, and I was very, like, I wasn't budging. 
no, this is chaotic. It makes me crazy. You have to fix this because it's giving me anxiety. Mm-hmm. That wasn't working. We were getting nowhere. But what's interesting is my style has also changed over the last year because I you see things on Instagram and other right. stuff. And all of a sudden, my house, I started shifting. I got a lot of plants, which, you know, fill up some space. And I realized once I had the plants, like, I, it still doesn't look like, you know, this house that I saw. And the houses that I like, and a lot of it was outdoor spaces, there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's done well, mm-hmm. it's very homey. Mm-hmm. If your house is sparse, it is not welcoming or warm. No. Thank you. So I am changing my own style yeah. somewhat because I have to figure out how to deal with my husband's way of doing things. Um, but also that I, I like that warm, homey right. feel right. more so than the Stark. But I think I was so Stark. I mean, I remember my very first townhouse. At some point, my mom and my sister were like, we don't even like coming to your house. It's like a model home. Like, we don't yeah. even want to sit on the furniture. And I was yeah. like, perfect. Yeah. That, I wanted it that. Yes. I went to the extreme. Yes. I, I'm coming back to the middle. But I think it's based on the environment I grew up in. So you're But for me, of, it would be the same, except I ended up with the opposite outcome. Right. You're kind of copying what you grew up in. And I'm trying to go to the polar opposite right. of what I grew up in. Very interesting. Yes. So I learned a lot from having clean as my word about how to communicate and understand what that word even means. Like it didn't occur to me meaningfully before having that as my word of the year that there was a wide spectrum of what does clean mean. One of the things that that we talked about that Hudson and I talked about was like he will absolutely positively never scrub the toilet. But he wants the toilet clean. I don't even know how much he cares about the toilet because he won't clean the toilet. But I care a lot about whether or not the toilet is clean. So what I said is, you're never going to clean the toilet. That means I have to clean the toilet. So there's things that are very meaningful and valuable to me as well when it comes to is something clean or not clean. I've let go of my need to make sure that the dishes are done the way I think they need to be done because I think they need to be cleaned in a very particular way. But if they're always only clean in the most specific, perfect way that I say, they probably won't get cleaned as often. So there's a trade-off. Hudson does all of our laundry. There are days when I'm like, why would you wash this this way? And I've lost some clothing as a result of his willy-nilly washing. But we yeah, he see, does laundry every single day. I don't allow anyone to touch my laundry. Because nope. I don't have nope. to do it. Okay. Nope. That's one thing. I do have some things that I set aside so he knows, like, these, this is my basket. I will deal with it. No, don't. But I, I don't standard. even want you washing my underwear if it goes in the dryer. Don't mm-hmm. touch it. And I just accept, like, I'm going to lose some of my laundry along the way. It's not all going to make it. And that just means I get to go shopping. I was going to say, <laughs> resale, here we come. Hey, friends, it's Harper. If you've been following Salon Confessions for a while, you know that I was laid off from my 9-to-5 job in 2023 and have been focusing on more creative work. I am so excited and proud to share a brand new confession with you. I've become an audiobook narrator and producer. I cannot tell you how nervous I've been about sharing my work with our confessionistas, but now I'm ready to spill the beans. I have two books out for you to download on Audible. The first is a book by Crystal Sheldon called The Dragon's Voice. It's a brand new fantasy world with elves and mages and dragons and dwarves and humans. And the story shares the journey of a young woman named Kalea with a mysterious past. I loved narrating all the different characters in this book. The second book is a spicy romantic fantasy called The Vampire's Queen by Abigail Rose. Abigail has created a rich new vampire world called Sangre, and in this tale, Tempest meets Prince Beaumont Grayson at the Blood Moon Ball, and ice and fire collide. Will they survive the storm to rise as the new king and queen of Sangre? Please, please check them out on Audible. The Vampire's Queen by Abigail Rose and The Dragon's Voice by Crystal Sheldon. And follow me on Instagram at HarperHasNiceNails for promo codes and find some exclusive excerpts from my upcoming project, Corrupt Shadows, A Darkstalker Romance by C.M. Hutton. I cannot wait to share more about this new professional journey with you. So stay tuned. (laughs) 
So I learned a lot. So this year, and what's interesting to me is usually I've, I'm inspired for my word of the year, usually towards the end of the previous year. Like it, like I think the one that I chose this year, I came up with in November or December. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this year my word is fast. And I think it's kind of an outgrowth of having the word clean because it was what, how can I understand what things mean to me? Right. How do I understand what the word clean means to me mentally, spiritually, physically, tangibly? And the thing that I felt like I was really struggling with in 2023 was giving things up. So I felt like I couldn't stop doing things. Now, I successfully went I way decreased alcohol intake and went completely alcohol free. I did sober October and that wasn't hard at all. So I was sort of inspired by that to go, well, what else could I give up for a month? What else could I sacrifice? And this idea of having the word fast really inspired me and motivated me. So this year, which is different than most of the years that I've used a word, it's kind of resolution-esque, which isn't great to me, but I'm going with it, is every month this year I'm going to do, I'm going to fast, I'm going to sacrifice and give something up that I feel like, I'm curious what my life will feel like if I give up this thing and how much better I will feel or maybe I won't feel any different at all. So what what am I making space for by giving something else up? And so I'm starting the year with grains and I am, what, a couple week and a half in. And I was really fascinated by some of the changes that happened right away. Like I got really depressed, which I based on some of my research, think has something to do with like withdrawal and what wheat and rice and cereal grains do when they're being digested in your gut and yeast overgrowth. I had a headache for like a week, but then I added in some B12 and now I feel fine. I don't actually feel a lot different, but I feel successful at having given up grains. And now that I'm mostly through some of the, I think, withdrawals call it what I don't know is whether or not I'm going to try to continue whatever I'm fasting for that month if I'm going to try to continue it for the next month I was just going to ask do these pile on top of each other I don't know by the end of the year you won't be eating anything I won't be doing anything you'll be (laughs) I'll be I'll be the perfect human and uh, (laughs) sucking air yeah and maybe it'll depend upon how you react right I gave up caffeine I don't know what's been a month maybe and I thought it would maybe be temporary. I needed to because I have adrenal fatigue and it stresses your adrenals, blah, blah, blah. I don't ever feel a desire to drink it again. I'm not going to say never, ever, but it will not be a daily mm-hmm. habit for me. So I didn't give it up saying I'm never drinking caffeine again, um, but I know I needed to to feel better. I feel 10,000 times better. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you give up something, like let's say dairy, I don't seem to react to dairy, but if you are a person who reacts to dairy, I feel like if you gave it up for 30 days and you realize how much better you felt, you'd probably never desire right. to have dairy. Right. So it's going to be case to case. Yes. Yeah, I sort of think so too. So the ones I'm most curious about, so on my list, I do have caffeine on my list for one month. Um, I have given up caffeine in the past a few times. Me too. And what I miss the most is I miss my ritual of morning coffee. I, I'm still doing that. I just do decaf. So that might be my key then. And ca- decaf has a little same. bit of caffeine. It does, but I, I don't count that. I thought it's not going to be the same without the caffeine. No, it's just the hot, the warm cup of goodness yes. that I wanted. In the, it's what got me out of bed in the morning. Yes. And it took me, I had to go like, Full calf, half calf. Yeah. I had to wean myself off. Yeah. And now I'm 100% decaf. I love it. I'm yeah. so motivated to get out of bed to drink it. So. Okay. So that then might not be so hard um, if I do sort of a transition period. So I'll come back to you when I'm ready to do caffeine. I do have dairy on my list for a month. I really, really love cheese. And so that's a, that's a hard one. I've given that up previously before too and that was one that I really missed so I'm pretty sure that if I if I have any sort of food addiction it's probably cheese will you allow yourself dairy-free cheese yes do you like it yes okay because there's some that I think are not so bad I've gotten to I've tried more and more because I've been intentional about trying to you know make some just gradual changes 
And they, I don't like all of them, but there are some that I like. I like Daya. I, I don't find that dairy-free cheese melts well. It does not. So like, pizza. and I don't like dairy-free macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah, no. But mm-hmm. I again, I'm like, I'm not missing macaroni and cheese. Like, I'm not missing the macaroni part of the macaroni and cheese. So it's I don't think that's cheese. a huge issue. Gotcha. And so sugar is one of them. And I think I'm I'm leaning towards doing sugar for February because it feels really hard. And I think I'll have even more withdrawals from sugar. Okay, two things. One, yes, February is the shortest month of the year, so good choice. But two, you don't do anything for Valentine's Day that would involve sweets? I think we could easily do it without. Valentine's Day to me isn't chocolate. Although I'm really eating a lot of chocolate this month with not being on grains. Every day to me is chocolate. Although I've gotten a lot better about that. I don't... It really hasn't been. So that's one of the interesting, like, what happens when I make space by giving one thing up? Like, what fills the gap? (laughs) There's some, there's some healthier things that are filling the gap. And I would tell you, okay, so you gave up grains and mm-hmm. you're eating more chocolate then absolutely you should probably be giving up sugar mm-hmm. keeping out the grains like you could pile one thing right on the next. and I think that's the other reason why I'm thinking sugar because I think I could keep doing grains and then give up sugar and I think those two things make sense together we're gonna have to check back in on, yes on that podcast because I want to know how you react to each thing so yeah. if it's your confession of the week or something right we're gonna need updates yes and I am journaling not like not like a paragraph or sentence but I'm taking notes for myself in my notes app every day about how I feel what I've done successfully the other thing that I'm doing and this is not a resolution it's just a ritual is I want to commit to my 50 year old self which it's my 50th birthday this year yay that I want to do something related to being kind to my body for at least 50 minutes every day Uh uh-uh I like it. So that could involve something like taking a bath or doing meditation or going for a walk or a hike you, or a workout. Can you meditate for 50 minutes? Um, I accidentally did because... And you were awake? Yeah, I was. I'm impressed. I did a 17-minute and then I like wanted more, which was wow. really interesting to me. So I, then I did another 20-minute and then I just turned the app on and like the 20 minute one was sort of open ended. So then I just sort of let it run. And what app are you using? Insight Timer. OK. I was using Balance. I'm not going to renew. I, you know, I, I, I probably still have it, but whatever the renewal was, I've already canceled it. And I just do um, meditation through my Peloton app. Mm-hmm. But I swear the last thing I hear is um, find a comfortable space and close your eyes. <laughs> Out. Now that was me yesterday. I did do a meditation yesterday and I was I was just very quickly out and I had a nap. And I used to think it wasn't worth it, but it's still playing. Yeah. And I think, you know what, it is worth it yeah. because you're still listening subconsciously, mm-hmm. still changing something. Right. So. so it could be anything like I don't feel motivated. I don't like the idea of the word workout isn't motivating to me. Mm. The word exercise is only vaguely motivating to me so if I say what's my 50 minutes of body kindness like yesterday I was really really tired and I think I haven't been sleeping very well but I was just really tired so I didn't go to my yoga class that I had planned on for my body kindness but instead I was like I could walk on my treadmill for 50 minutes and I did I mean I was literally like at two miles an hour like this was not a fast walk this was just let me move my body I was gonna say the other good word would be movement mm-hmm. not not exercise not work right that's where I fall into the odd body because I freaking love working out love it yeah it's not my part of my word of the year but I feel like there's there's something that's also emerging about the word fast that I have felt like my life has been getting lived in slow motion for a while So I'm curious if fast is also going to have some speed influence on how I make decisions or, you know, more to come. We will reconvene on my word of the year and how it's going. Uh, What's your word of the year this year? Mine is consistency. Yes. And again, across the board, because I start things and stop them without meaning to stop them. But life happens and then I just Mm -hmm. don't get back on track. So I've started a morning routine that includes a little, um, I do morning affirmations. Mm-hmm. My affirmation for the month of January is 
consistency is the key to my success. Mm. And then I do, I do write a little bit in my journal. I'm also having issues with sleep. Oh, hello, 50. Mm -hmm. So I'm journaling kind of like what my sleep quality was based on what my Apple Watch tells oh, me. Yeah. Um, I'm noting if I'm eating, you know, I'm not supposed to eat gluten at all, but if I'm eating gluten or sugar, and then over time, I'm okay. hoping I'll see how that's affecting my sleep. Yeah. Possibly find other things that are affecting my sleep. And then I do a little Duolingo, trying to work on my Spanish. I mm -hmm. suck. Um, but I'm trying to just be consistent in all areas of life. I, I very much fly by the seat of my pants. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I, I'm, I don't dislike my life, mm -hmm. but I feel like I could be accomplishing so much more if I was more consistent in routines. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I like that I'm confessing this to everyone because right? now I feel like I have accountability yeah. that, you know, someone yeah. might ask me, are you still doing it? And I, I, I mean, I guess this one is more involved than a lot of my other words. You know, if I do abundance, it's not a daily right. task or I don't really set myself up right. to do much. But Yeah, and I think that what I really like about this process is what you learn when you fail or when, like, it turns out in a way you didn't expect. So I'm very curious as things change for you over the course of the year, which things are going to change, like the year brings change, is what you'll learn not only from maybe things that you lose consistency over, like there's some lessons I think to be learned in that around, is it that important to me? And did it give me value? Or I'm, I'm almost curious, like if there's an outcome where you come to appreciate your inconsistent nature more, like maybe you find it's uninspiring to be super consistent every day or you're less successful because you're so worried about doing the same exact thing every day. I think if it was um, like a resolution of sorts where it was like, I'm going to do this and yeah. it was very stringent, yeah. I, I would absolutely, I would be setting myself up right. for failure. Right. But that's why it's just very generalized. Yeah. Be aware yeah. to be consistent. Yeah. And it brings you back to what matters to me. And I love this morning ritual thing. I really... I would love to be better in the morning. Well, it really sets up my whole day. Yeah. And right now, I do it in front of one of those happy lights because I, we haven't seen the sun since, I don't know, like Oh, I know. It's November. been so dark and gray. Um, and it was my therapist that said, are you using a happy light? I'm like, nope, nope, forget. You know, you need to be nudged sometimes. So yeah. I do it in front of the happy light. And I think it has saved me from killing people because... <laughs> You know, and when I'm working, I don't have a window, so I don't get, I don't right. see sunlight right. during the day, and we're right. already depleted in the northern right. hemisphere, and then mm -hmm. add winter and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So I, my morning routine is not part of the consistency. That's just like something I recognize that I should probably do. I used to get out of bed, and the first thing I did, pretty much, well, after the coffee, was work out. Mm -hmm. And now I have to get up a little earlier um, to get this in. But I am a morning person, and if shit doesn't get done in the morning, it doesn't get done at all. Mm -hmm. And I mean everything, like mm -hmm. everything. So I really like it that I do this. It doesn't take that long. Um, you know, like the Duolingo, I could do one lesson or I could do 20 lessons depending mm -hmm. upon my time. Mm -hmm. But then I, after that, I get my workout in and then take my shower and off into my day. Mm -hmm. Today, we met so early that I did not work out. Oh, that's another consistency thing. With Peloton, you get a blue dot on the calendar for every day that you work out within mm -hmm. the app. And I'm trying to get a blue dot every day. And that could be just a five-minute meditation. Mm -hmm. Well, last night when I couldn't freaking sleep, I did my meditation with Peloton after midnight. So I already got my blue dot for the day. Nice. So instead of getting up extra early to try to get some other type of movement in, I said, you know what? It's good. I don't have to work yeah. out today. That's a thing I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm not making myself work out yeah. as much or feeling like a failure if I don't. It's just being consistent to continue moving. I love that. I love that. So it's taking the shame and the self-blame out of your daily habits. And I feel like if you do an actual New Year's resolution, you're setting yourself up for shame totally. and blame. So. Totally. And it does take time to actually build a new habit. And not all habits should be built. Like not all habits work for everybody. So I think that if you are a person who's listening, who has set yourself up with a resolution or I want to do this every day or like, let's hold each other accountable to being thoughtful about what that really means. Like, how do we this body kindness thing? I was sharing it with my yoga teacher and she was like, I love that because it's so kind and loving towards yourself. 
and it feels like this is something that I'm giving myself versus something that I'm making myself do. So I think that we are going to find kindness this year, Jen, with what does fast mean and what does consistency mean? And you're totally going to inspire me in the consistency front because I, I thrive in consistency. I just hate it. I really sincerely hate it. It is. But you know that you do well. Always. Interesting. Always. And my sister tells me, because now that I've had, you know, this break and have had some free time and I talk about kind of losing my mind, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, she's like, you need some structure. Where are you going to find your structure? <laughs> well, and I think anyone with ADHD needs some mm-hmm. structure. Honestly, ADHD or not, everyone needs structure. I mean, look at kids in the summertime. They get a lot of, a little out of sorts. They're better off when they're going to school right. and they have a set schedule. Right. And, and my schedule is never set. Every single day is different. Maybe I work every Tuesday and Wednesday mm-hmm. and then other days as needed, but it still isn't the same start time. It isn't the same stop time. But your day has structure. Love yeah, once I'm in my day, yes. whatever time it starts, but... I love it. I like that it flexes, Mm -hmm. but then once, I mean, obviously my appointments are very structured and it's hilarious because the step of you have to do A and then B and then C works really well. Right. If I had, we've talked about this before, but if I had like a desk job, oh hell, no. Yeah. I'd be the Tasmanian devil. Like I'd be rolling. No. Yeah. Speaking of, let's preview a little bit of our season three content for you is we're going to talk about mid career midlife career changes because I've done several and um, I was talking to uh, somebody that I work with who's who's young who's in her 20s and she was really relieved to hear that people make career changes throughout their life because she's feeling very much like she has to sort of plug herself into a career today that she's going to be in forever. So I said, we will do a topic on career changes because I am very pro career change. Make a big leap. Go crazy. If you're into it, great. If you fail, great. You have nothing to lose, really. (laughs) So other topics we're going to talk about this season Uh, We're going to explore more uh, in terms of healthy boundaries in relationships, which I've talked quite a lot about that. I don't think we can talk too much about developing healthy boundaries because it's so easy for boundaries to become rules for other people instead of commitments that we make to ourselves. That's good. So we've got a guest lined up who's going to come in and talk to us um, about her Guidance and relationship coaching um, for folks around boundaries. This is news to me. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, we have uh, some topics on aging, such as um, incontinence and how that impacts and is impacted by aging. I think it'll be somewhat of a continuation about menopause and yes. you know, all the things that happen. How all of those things that happen down in our female regions. I feel like we're going to have multiple episodes about the things that happen for women over a certain age. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has things yes. to contribute. We are looking for your topic ideas. Uh, We are going to do some reconvening around cannabis use. We have some more experience from our season one episode, Alcohol versus Cannabis, um, and some more thoughts to share, um, particularly as it continues to get legalized across the country. So we're going to share more on that topic. And we're going to delve into some topics that are things that you probably are curious about, but maybe don't know who to ask. And it's not something you necessarily feel comfortable bringing up on the street, such as uh, gender pronouns. Um, We're going to have a guest come on and talk to us about why this is a thing that we need to talk about and help educate us a little bit on how to understand someone's pronouns and it is confusing so if you feel confused about what's all this stuff about pronouns we're going to talk about it we're going to ask some folks and um, see what we learn and um, we're going to talk about different ways to be in relationships exploring some of the world of basically non-monogamy non-monogamy ethical non-monogamy we'll have a guest come on who is an 
person who is ethically non-monogamous and um, has some things to share. And she's very generously um, said that she's going to come and share what she's learned because she said, I've really done a lot of research and learned a lot. So uh, we have lots of different kinds of topics that we're going to go through in season three. I can't believe season three is already here. And if you have topic ideas, if you have things you want us to explore, um, bring guests in for, please reach out and let us know. We are at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram, Salon Confessions Podcast, uh, or you can find me on Instagram, Harper Has Nice Nails. You can find Jen on Instagram, Jen Takes Confessions. And if you follow our Instagram account from The Confessional, uh, you'll hear all about all of our product recommendations. Um, we use a lot of different nail products here, but we also explore other products that we like to use, and we will share more about those with you on that channel. We'll continue keeping you informed about all of those things. And uh, what else do you have to share today, Jen? Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, nailed it! <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode. Did we leave you with some cliffhangers? Will Jen's Blue Dot Street continue? Will I succeed in my monthly fasting plan? Will I ever become a neat freak? Um, no to the last one. But please do stay tuned and subscribe to Salon Confessions Podcast wherever you listen. In addition to the topics we mentioned in the episode, we also have recorded episodes on nail care from our in-house expert, Jen, and we'll have our first male guest on the show to talk about dating in midlife. You will not want to miss this episode. Our guest, Michael, shares his very candid take on the wild world of post-divorce dating. We have so much in store for you this season, so like, subscribe, and share so you don't miss a thing. As always, we want to hear your confessions. Email us at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com or find us on the socials at Salon Confessions Podcast. Salon Confessions Podcast is recorded live in Jen Lawrence's nail studio while she's giving a manicure and is produced and edited by me, Harper Hudson. You can connect with us on Instagram at Jen Takes Confessions and Harper Has Nice Nails. Please like and subscribe to Salon Confessions wherever you listen. Your engagement makes this podcast possible. Remember, you are a beautiful orchard, so take care of yourself. You deserve the same love you give out so freely all around you. See you next time. <laughs>